0: The Gospel according to St. Matthew, the second chapter. When the wise men had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. according to the time that he had ascertained from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping and loud lamentation. Rachel weeping for her children, she refused to be comforted, because they are no more. But when Herod died, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, "'Rise, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel,' For those who sought the child's life are dead. And he rose and took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. But when he had heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee, and he went and lived in a city called Nazareth. That what was spoken by the prophets might be fulfilled, he shall be called a Nazarene. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the name of Jesus, Amen. Well, my friends, if you want to understand politics and leadership, well, there are two simple words that capture it all. Yes, two very simple words that capture all of politics and leadership. Power and control. Yes, power and control. Now, obviously, this is the negative side of politics and leadership. For as you know, good leaders, yes, good leaders, they go the way not of power or control, but good leaders go the way of servanthood and suffering for those whom they serve, those whom they lead. But those who let the old Adam, that sinful nature, have its way, well, with them, it is pretty easy to spot. Just look for Power and control. Take, for instance, King Herod in our reading from the Gospel of Matthew this morning. When Herod heard from the Magi that a child had been born, the king of the Jews, yes, that child who was to be the king of the Jews, well, frankly stated, Herod, he freaked out. Herod freaked out. Because if Jesus was the king of the Jews, then that meant that there would be a potential loss of power and control for Herod. And so as you know, King Herod went the way of protecting King Herod, he went the way of protecting his power and control. So when he visited with those wise men long ago from the east, those wise men from the east, King Herod he actually pretended to be just as pious as they were. King Herod said to the Magi, "I get this. Go and find this child." Leave no stone unturned, and as soon as you find this child, send word to me, and I will join you at once in your worship of this new king, this new king of the Jews. Yeah, right. Spoken like a crooked politician. You see, King Herod, he had no interest He had no interest in laying down his power and control before the Christ child whatsoever, but instead he wanted to know exactly where this child was so that he might kill this child to protect his throne, to protect his power and his control. Now, dear friends, later on in the Gospel of Matthew, some 10 to 11 chapters later, Jesus is actually talking to his disciples and he tells them this, To be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. In other words, we Christians are called to be upright and without bitterness. We are not to be the ones creating chaos in the world through manipulation and deceit and bloodshed. We are to be as inoffensive and as simple as possible. Yes, as inoffensive and simple as possible. Not calling attention to ourselves. We are to be harmless as the doves. However, keep in mind that this does not mean that we Christians should be foolish and naive. Frankly, too often, tragically too often, we Christians are naive and obtuse to the problems of the world. Sure, the Eighth Commandment calls us to put that best construction on everyone else around us. However, the Eighth Commandment does not mean, it does not mean that we are to be dumb as doorposts, naive to the dangers and the deceit around us. Putting the best construction on someone is simply that, putting the best construction on them. But again, this does not mean that we are to be fools, And so this is why Jesus calls us Christians to be, get this, as cunning as a snake. Keep in mind that snakes, they are aware of their surrounding. They know when to retreat into those shelters to protect their head from being cut off. They know how to move through the brush quietly with silence. And so we Christians are called by Jesus to be wise, to be wise to the realities of life. We are called to be diligently aware of the threats around us. We are to be aware of the old Adam in others, especially those who lead us. You see, the Magi, they were warned in a dream about Herod's thirst for power and control, that he was not so pious after all. And so being wise as snakes, the Magi did not return back home to the east By stopping by to say goodbye to King Herod, they did not report the identity to King Herod as they perhaps swung by Herod's palace to pick up some warm homemade cookies for their trip on the road home to the east. The Bible actually says no, they didn't. They left to their own country by another road. Yes, by another road. To the point, everyone knew how King Herod operated When Jesus was born, not only did Herod freak out, but the people did too. They freaked out as well, for they knew that Herod was capable of terrible things. They knew that his wrath could pour out on everyone. And so, my friends, this is why we pray for our leaders and our politicians. We know that the road breaks two different ways, two different ways for those in leadership. Either our leaders go the way of servanthood and suffering, doing what is right for those that they lead, or they go the way of power and control, doing what is best for themselves. Now, since you and I are to be innocent as doves and wise as snakes, we're often fully aware that the old Adam often gets the best of those in leadership. We know that there is a thirst for power and control, and that it is so big that the threat of losing that power and losing that control can do wicked things in the minds of leaders. For example, when Herod realized that the Magi were wise as snakes and invading him, he was enraged. Now, keep in mind, Herod was not just a little upset, but he was filled with boiling blood So that his wrath actually exploded everywhere, resulting in him having a bunch, get this, a bunch of babies slaughtered in Bethlehem. You see, this is the danger of being in leadership. Once the appetite for power and control are satisfied, corrupt leaders will go to any length to keep their power and control, even by inflicting death upon others. And yes, even little children, such as Herod. And so, what this all means for us, for you and for me, is that we must repent. You and I, we, we must repent. We must repent of the many times that we fail to be wise as snakes with respect to those in leadership. This world that we live in is not a pleasant walk on a beach but a veil of tears where mankind is infected with depravity and hatred of the gospel. We must repent of being foolish and naive. We're called indeed to put the best construction on our leaders while also honoring them according to that fourth commandment, but not at the expense, not at the expense of failing to be wise as serpents. We must always pay attention to be cunning as a snake, to be awake and aware of the times when those in leadership go the way of power and control instead of servanthood and suffering. But, my friends, the arrows are not just pointed at our leaders. They're pointed right here as well, to you and me. You see, we also need to repent of the many times that we go the way of power and control as well. You see, the, the thirst for power and control is not exclusive with our leaders, but it is a part of all of us you and I, we, we, we love to build and uphold our little kingdoms. As it goes with Herod, as we heard today, as it goes with Herod, it goes with sinners like you and especially me. We love to put ourselves first. We love to subordinate others underneath ourselves. Our sin, it, it, it corrupts us and we thirst for power and control and greed and selfishness thinking that these things are supposedly helpful in building our little empires. Uh, but my friends, in the end, our little empires, they do not last. We can't take our little thrones and our plastic crowns to the grave. And regardless how powerful we think we are, regardless how powerful we are in reality or how powerful we are in our minds, well, we all end up six feet under the ground together. Indeed, it is easy to let our old Adam have its way and for us to try and enhance our thrones and our kingdoms by stomping on others to keep power and control for ourselves. But in the end, when we do this, in the end when we do this, we not only hurt everyone else around us, but we damn ourselves to the pits of hell. Lord, have mercy on you. And especially me. Now, dear friends, just think about it for a moment. If the Lord acted this way, that Christmas long ago, God could have come with terrible power and slain Herod and all like him. But get this, if he slaughtered everyone prepared to put themselves first, there would be no one left. Therefore, the Lord came the way of love, which knows that we are not made better by force. You see, force only deals with the outside of the person. However, when God came, he came to save us from sin. He came to save us from ourselves. He came to save us from our love for power and control, that thirst for power and control. He came to save us and he used not force, but he used love. Love that brought him into a stinking stable and a cruel cross for you and for me. Dear baptized saints, Jesus did not put himself first. God be praised. He did not seek power and control for himself. He was there for you. He was there for me. He was there for every one of us. His whole life was such action of love, of of servanthood and sacrifice, giving and bleeding and dying for you and for me. He lived the life that is expected of us and he died the death that was coming for us and for our sins He did this and considered it well worthwhile. He did this to be our servant. He did this to be our sacrifice. He did this to give us his kingdom as a gift. He did this to strengthen us with his power and his might. He did this to forgive us of all of our sins so that we might be his possession, that we might belong to him and to be sustained in steadfast faith by his might and power through this veil of tears. And so today... It is our prayer that the spirit of Herod, Herod's spirit of power and control, that spirit and that thirst for power and control, that it might be crucified in each and every one of us today, that it must die, drowned in the waters of our baptism. And it is also our prayer today that Christ would grant us a spirit of sacrifice and servanthood as we are continually served by Christ. Yes, by Christ and his blessed word and sacraments. Christ came not to be served, not for power and control, but he came to serve and serve you. And he did it very well, bleeding, dying, rising, all for us. May this be our gospel gift today. May Christ continually sanctify us in his word. In the name of Jesus. Amen. strong word be, speaks us righteous, bright with thine own holiness. Thank you for listening to today's podcast sermon. You can access a full manuscript of today's sermon from Pastor Matthew Richard's blog at www.pastormatrichard.org, or visit St. Paul's website at www.stpaulsminot.org